a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast with Will Hahn. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I'm Steve Mathis. Flyracing.com, bro. Please check them out on the web. Get them at your local dealer. Uh, Flyracing.com is uh, the place to go, whether you want uh, super high-end gear, price point gear, helmets of any size and pricing, Watercraft stuff, snowmobile stuff, whatever it is, mountain bike stuff. Flyracing.com has got you covered. Thanks to those folks for making it happen. Big news coming soon for the folks at Fly Racing. And also, too, thank you to my computer for making that noise. Thank you to Alpine Stars Tech 10, the most advanced boot in motocross today. Uh, brand new model out now. Please check them out. Alpine Stars Protect. So you know their name. You know their quality. And Maxxis Tires, Maxxis MXST. Great tires developed by Jeremy McGrath. AJ Cantanzaro, running them right now in Monster Energy Supercross. From your light truck to your trailer to your SUV to mountain biking, Maxxis Tires will have you grab the whole shot and hooking up in no time. Maxxis.com for more on the MXST tires. Kiefer approved. All right. Let's get into my buddy, Will Hahn. We touch on a number of subjects here, including uh, how hard he has to work now. Uh, he used to be a big-time spoiled factory rider, and now he has to just grind away being a team manager for the Monster Energy Star Yamaha Yamalube team. So we'll talk to Wilbur about that and his own career and the pressures and different sorts of things. Uh, interesting conversation. Great guy. Here's Will Hahn. All right, everybody. And now, as promised, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars, Star Racing Yamaha team manager, former 250 Supercross champion, one of my friends, Will Hahn. What's up, Wilbur? Uh, just, uh, another day, another day at the office, um, catching up, uh, go to the track this morning and, uh, kind of catch up on some emails and stuff that, uh, you kind of let pile up in the morning and then get back sorted for the afternoon. All right. So you're like a year into this thing, right? Um, how do you like team managing? How do you like it? Like I, every time I talk to you about it, either publicly or privately, you're like, Oh my God, it's so much fucking work. But how do you, how do you like it? Honestly, I love it, but my thought process on that hasn't changed. You right. know, it's it's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of working parts to a race team that uh, I think is um, very easily taken for granted when you're just a rider. You know, I think your your obligations as a rider are, are much different. Um, you know, it's basically eat right, train, ride, sleep, repeat, yeah, right. you know, and or healing, or, you know, for the most part, for me, it was healing. Uh, I got really good at that. <laughs> a lot of healing, uh, a lot of healing. Yeah, lots of couch. I, I actually upgraded my couch for that reason at one point, because I'm like, well, shit, if I'm spending that much time here, I might as well get a nice couch. And, 
it paid off. <laughs> Needless to say, but um, no, it's it is it's good. It's just uh, like I said, it is. I expected it to be hard, and I expected it to be a lot. But um, that's you know, that, that, that's a, that's a doorbell ringing. What? That dirt bike noise? That was a doorbell ringing. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I got it dropped off yesterday. It's I uh, got two stroke, four stroke, and a normal chime option. Wow! Check, check you guys out. Options. Um, um, so no, I think it, like I said, I, I knew it would be a lot, but it's probably even more so than I expected. And I don't think I'm not trying to say that in, in a negative uh, way. It's just uh, it is more so than I even thought. Um, and what what do you and what what's taking your time up that you didn't realize? Um, it's not so much anything specifically. I think it's just, I didn't really realize that this is 24 <laughs> seven. It really yes, isn't yeah. days off. You know, it's by my phone at any time. It could be 10 o'clock at night. It could be six o'clock in the morning. Uh, and you know, people rely on decisions or, or direction or something needs to happen then. And yeah, I think it's from riders to personnel to anybody. It doesn't really matter. I think if there's always kind of something going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's true, right? There's always like fires to be put out, or, or sponsors that need answers, or a dealer signing. I mean, God, the the range of things that you have to deal with is probably incredible. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think it's you know, there's so many specifics that just little stuff I didn't even think about. You know, like okay, getting ready for a photo shoot, making sure the plastics here on time, making sure the graphics are correct, making sure that sponsor logo is correct. Like, and it's not just me doing. It. You know, obviously Brad still does a lot at this race team and. Um, from, you know, the technical side to even still my side, he's still heavily involved. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm still learning a lot as well. Um, so, and I'm lucky to have him here to, to lean on on certain things that I might not know the answer to. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, there's, there's so many different things throughout a day, you know, someone trying to get me to break down my day to them exactly, but it's, I think it's such a moving part. You really, you don't have a, you know, eight to six o'clock plan. You know, it's, it's, um, yeah, I know it's, we've been trying to do this podcast. We've been trying to do this podcast forever and there's, there's no eight to six o'clock plan. No, no, I'd love to plan that. I might actually, you know, have a date at some point or whatnot, but yeah, it's not in the cards. Hold on. I, I'm bringing this up. I didn't want to bring this up right away in the show, like right away, but you have a chick is the word on the street. Um, uh, somewhat. Okay. I don't know what we are exactly right now. Um, oh, okay. but yeah, somewhat. Yeah, that's the word on the street. Is that you're you're taken now after years of a drought? I wouldn't even call that a drought, dude. It's worse than fucking you, Arizona. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, not every manager just happens to win uh, a Supercross and Motocross crown their first year. By the way, with the hottest rider in the sport, I just want to let you know that. Yeah, no, I'm well aware of that. No, and it's um. You know, I think it's it's no different than when you're racing. You know, I think it just gets the bar gets elevated every year, whether you're winning. It doesn't matter. I think it gets harder to stay there, and and you want to stay there, then you strive more, and then second's not that fun. And you know, it's like, you know, even though it's a great result, it's still it's the same thing that you would do if you were riding. You know, it's the same kind of pressures. It's the same kind of expectations, and it's funny. You know, like even watching Colt when uh, Anaheim won was like to me still when these guys win, especially their first one, uh -huh. I feel like is like something you can really share with them because I think it's something that means obviously so much to them, but obviously seeing what he's gone through and, and seeing finally achieve it is something that it, it gives everybody chills, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, 
and I think you know having he had somewhat similar path to the first win that I had like a couple of years where you think you can do it and get hurt and then you restart and you get hurt again you restart and then you finally do that it's it's like it's like you never even got injured you know like that slate just got completely wiped clean yep and all of a sudden that stuff doesn't even matter anymore yeah it's crazy right it's, yeah it's crazy yeah it's it's like no negative has ever happened in your life and, that, <laughs> and that's something that like I was on the podium with him and I'm sitting there and I'm like I said dude you've got to appreciate tonight yeah. Like I wish that was the one thing I, I didn't, I don't really feel like I let it soak in enough. Like I was too busy. Like, okay, we got to get back to work, you know? And right, like, right. And you do, you have to, I don't want to settle, but I think you've got to sit back and, you know, his family was there and like, and really enjoy the moment. And I'm not saying go out and party on that. I'm saying like, just soak it in for a minute and realize what you've come from to do this. Don't go full J-Law. No, maybe, maybe not, maybe not go out to the bar all night. Maybe not go get hookers. I don't know what he did, but. Um, I would, um, yeah, I would say enjoy the moment. Well, I gotta say, I wrote my column about Nichols. We're three rounds in, Colt, and and, and I, I wrote a little thing about like, hey, I didn't really think you could win this title. Like, you were a great job on the A one win, but uh, I like AC and I like McElrath and I like Ferrandis. And then he, you know, came from fourth to second at, at Glendale, and I'm still like, yeah, but look at AC, look at AC. So this week, I wrote in my column like, hey, I, I'm a believer now. Like, this guy is as much as in this title as anybody. And as good as a chance to win this thing as Adamson, Cirillo, or McElrath, or Ferrandis. Like, he has totally elevated himself into this position. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm finally accepting it, Wilbur. I'm coming around on it. No, I know you have a very big soft spot for AC, but a lot of people do. I mean, he's got the personality. Clearly, he's had the speed since his first year and everything like that. And, I mean, it's hard not to see, to be happy for someone like that, what he's been through, to yeah. see him win again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's always, there. there's always that kind of, he doesn't have the underdog, I think, think that, like, Colt does. He's kind of expected to do that. But at the same time, it's not really fair to him because he's been through just as much as about anybody. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, when you see him prevail and stuff like that, it's also still very positive and, and um, you know, it's cool to see. Here's, so here, here, yeah, here's, here's my thing. I'm... Uh, mesmerized by Mookie, James, AC. I'm mesmerized by that kind of speed and talent. I always have been. I'm just like, maybe because I worked for Tim Ferry, who was the exact opposite of that, you know? But I'm always like, oh, God, look how fast this guy is. And then there's a guy like Colt that is just, like, solid, you know? Yeah, and that's, I mean, and I get that. Like, I mean, to this day, I've I've never enjoyed, I don't think, watching anybody other than probably Chad. Um, with James Stewart, you know, like I love, genuinely loved watching him ride. Yeah, everything he did on the bike, it's stuff that every, pretty much everything that he did was stuff that should be able to do. Yeah, like it's not supposed to happen. That jump's not supposed to happen, or how he times that rhythm. It's not supposed to look that easy, or you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. It's funny, like. And it looks like, and then unfortunately, a guy like me, it makes it look like you can do it. You try to do it, you crash your outfit, and that's the normal way it goes. <laughs> and you're like, "Damn it!" <laughs> it looks so easy, you know. I thought uh, I had that. Um, but but yeah, getting back to Colt, like he he's a total package, man. He's really good. He's always been technical. He's always been able to string together rhythms, good. But he's got it all now. No, and I think that's the thing is I think that a lot of people overlook that that the fact of how good he always really has been. And there's been behind the scenes stuff like, you know, maybe preseason injuries where he's, you know, even last year when we went to Dallas, I mean, I think he only had two weeks on the bike and he, he got second. He wasn't far behind Zacco. Mm-hmm. And I think that said a lot for him as well. Like 
I think the last two seasons he's come in, you know, not much time on a dirt bike. Right. And he's kind of made it happen and still got on a podium when he, when he probably shouldn't have been able to. So I think we've all kind of seen it there. It's just, it's always that question mark. Can you, can you make it, you know, up yeah. to the season? And I think outdoors was good to him um, getting that in and, and then also getting a healthy off season was very productive. Um, it all adds up, you know, and then we all, it, we all kind of beat the dead horse on that. Like, you know, oh, it's all about your off season and all staying healthy. But I mean, that's the honest truth. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm so happy for him for so many reasons because we you know we all kind of grew up together. Me, Bogle, and him racing in Oklahoma, and you know when you see, you know, friends like that that you've kind of known your whole life. Like mm-hmm. obviously our parents are all friends and stuff like that, and uh, it's just it's cool to see that kind of come through and prevail and and it work out for him. And then also just what he's done, I think, for himself personally, and, and just you know being so dedicated to not just the training side of it, but the, the diet side of it. You can tell like he just, he wants to do this. He wants to win period. You know, mm-hmm. he's willing to sacrifice this part of his life to eat right, do all this stuff right. That way, if it helps him out on the weekend, you know, 1%, he's willing yeah. to do that. And, um, I, that's, that's always really cool. I got to say, like, I, I was talking about this on a, on a review podcast. Like I didn't know Colt Nichols. I don't follow amateurs that much. I didn't know much about this guy. I don't feel like he had a lot of hype. I don't feel like he was projected as the next one. But Big Nasty and Nick would be down in Costa Rica, and Nichols is down there trying to make a living and doing some arena cross and doing some uh, Costa Rican racing. And those guys would tell me, like, how fast Colt Nichols is and how he needs a chance. And, hey, Mathis, you got to tell this guy to hire Nichols. And you got to do – and I'm always like, whatever. I don't know anything about this dude in – yeah, like I did, they they were onto him early, and I guess he's always been this talented kid that a got hurt and b never really got a break like a big time amateur would. Yeah, yeah, he never really got the the opportunity to show. I don't think you know. I think he had some team support or something, but it's you know pretty minute. Uh-huh. You know, compared to you know, I think most support now or or having like a you know a star Geico you know type deal or something like that, or you know like a pro circuit Cali deal or something, but. You know, a story that always reflect, I kind of reflect back on too is like I remember going up to uh, Kennard's house in 2010. Uh, it was raining down in Texas or something, and he said, "Hey, come down." It was the week before Southwick. I'll never forget it. And he's like, "Hey, come down. I got rain and stuff, but my uh, my track's good to go. Um, cruise up to, uh, tonight, and I'll see you in the morning. We'll we'll ride." And I'm like, "Okay, sounds good. So I'll just ride the next two days up here, then I'll drive home and fly to Southwick. About like three and a half hours from Dallas or something like that." And mm-hmm go down there and Colt was there. And I think Bogle, pretty sure Bogle was out there too. Um, and we're doing a train. I are doing our 35s, you know, during the week or whatever. And it's hot and typical Oklahoma, like summer and, um, Colt blows by me. Right. On like a, probably a bone stock KX 450. Uh-huh. Like, I, I don't know. I don't probably blown out. <laughs> I don't know. And blows by me. I think he, I possibly passed Trey too. I can't remember the whole scenario, but he definitely passed me. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this is, like, <laughs> what? You know, as huh? a kid, I remember, like, him always being quite a bit younger than me, and I'm thinking, like, what the hell? And, um, you know, I go to that weekend and train, I go 1-3. And I'm thinking the whole time, well, damn, Colt might have won today. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I'm thinking the whole time, I'm like, wow, that kid's fast, you know? But, no, and you know what? It's, it's guys like him and, like, you know, even, like, AP and stuff when he was still on the team – the personality, they're really easy to work with. You tell them that they got to do this. They don't complain. You know, it's, 
he's very personal to I think media and people like, and he's very intelligent to talk to. Like, yeah. You don't feel like you're talking to, you know, a wall or anything like that. Yeah. He seems, seems really into it. Like he seems like, yeah, he seems like a good kid, good guy. Right. Like, so are his parents totally. nutty or anything or like, are they... no, his parents couldn't be, couldn't be nicer people. You know, I think Clint, obviously his dad wants the best for him and, um, but also he's one of the dads that's just there, you yeah. know, he's just happy for his kid, you know, never, never, um, you know, Hey, we're going to do this to the shock or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That. It's, yeah. just wants to see his kid do well, like period. That's, that's pretty much it. Right. Uh, Ferrandis is a veteran. Uh, you know, he's been around a long time. Uh, he doesn't have a win yet, but that's coming probably any weekend. Is he more, I, 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 I would picture your involvement with Dylan being a little more hands-off than other guys. Am I right? Um, honestly, you know, I would say probably so at first. Okay. And I think it's that's more of a trust a trust scenario. Like, I, you know, I was wearing a Geico shirt the weekend before, and I come in the semi wearing a star <laughs> shirt. You gotta, you, I mean, I think everybody was kind of wondering that. Right, so, right. Um, I think... I think more so to that was like a trust thing, like, okay, is he here for the long haul type thing? And, you know, now our relationship's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, text, call, whatever. And, um, I just, you know, I say, yeah, you know, obviously, David, David's very involved in his program. But, yeah. um, you know, when he needs something from me, he knows he can just ask or, you know, you yeah. know, on the weekends, I don't have a problem telling him, like, hey, I think it's better or faster here. And, he, you know, he listens. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that that's um, – Definitely cool. Yeah, I just picture him. You know, he's an older guy. He's been racing Europe for a long time. He's got DV. His chick seems pretty involved. So I just pictured it more like that. You know, yeah, like he's got a program. You know, but no, yeah, you know, it's good that it's. Yeah, no, and I think that, like I said, like I, I would, I would not know. At first, it was, you know, um, I would say a little bit standoffish. But at this point, no, I think it's um, very positive. Um. So, all right, so. We we've seen teammates go for titles before, and certainly right now McElrath's got a good shot, and 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 AC's right there, of course, and all of that stuff. Um, you're you're not gonna let it get weird, right? Like you're you're gonna are you gonna you're gonna be good? I mean, what do you mean by define get weird? Because I'm I'm weird. Yeah, but like don't don't let these guys start you know playing mind games with each other. Remember, Hanny was changing in a different semi than Tickle was, and it was just. Th- Things can get weird. Don't let it get weird between the two of them. No, I don't. And I don't think it will. I don't think it'll get to that point. I mean, I mean, anything can happen. Obviously, when you're going for a title and you both want it as bad as both of these do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I I don't think it would come down to a point um, okay. of something like that. So. Yeah. Just just you know just don't let it get weird. Um. And then of course your East Coast, uh, Justin Cooper. And Mitchell Oldenburg, Oldenburg just needs to stay healthy. He's certainly got speed, and there's been a lot of buzz, Wilbur, about Cooper this off season. Oh yeah, what, what kind of what kind just of buzz are we talking? Like riding, yeah, just really riding well. Justin Cooper, this, Justin Cooper, that, lots of Cooper buzz. Yeah, I mean the kid, the kids got it, um, and I mean like you just said with uh, with Mitchell, it's. Um, it just comes down, yeah, staying healthy. It's just kind of the same story, of, you know, somewhat of Colt. Um, I think that that's – we're kind of dealing with that as well. But, I mean, for the most part, um, I mean, Justin, Justin's just – he's still – the funny thing is this is essentially going to be his rookie season again. Right? I know, I mean, right? He rode Anaheim 1 last year. So it's yep. like you're kind of a rookie still, but you're kind of not because you've 
somewhat learned a decent <laughs> amount. I mean, though you haven't raced a lot, you, you've yep. learned a lot, yep. a mistake and all that. But yeah, I mean, the kid was great outdoors this year. Um, he's definitely got a lot of speed and a lot of talent on the bike. And, and same with Mitchell. Um, you know, I'm pretty, pretty pumped on how he's been, how he's been riding. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, his attitude also, you know, it seems like everybody, they really work well together. Yeah. Uh, even, you know, during the week at the track and even with Dylan, you know, not training necessarily with our guy, other guys, it's still very positive. You know, no one's ever left the track, like avoiding each other. Um, good. Yeah. Just keep it light. Don't make it weird. Okay. Wilbur. I will try. I mean, dude, I'm weird, so there's a good <laughs> chance I end up making it weird whether I like it or right. not. Hey, so uh, I don't think Brad really likes me over there at Star, and I get it. I've, got, I've criticized the program, you know, um, over time. And I don't know if Bobby really likes me, Bobby Reagan, the owner. Uh, well, no one – No, does anybody really like you, like, deep down? Pookie. And your dogs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dogs do. So here's where I'm going with this, Wilbur. So Bobby Reagan – came up to me at Millville last year, and I'm like, oh, boy. Like, I don't know what I said. Here he comes. He's going to let, let me have it. And he said, you know, I listen to you guys every week, and, and a lot of you guys, you're, you're spot on with a lot of your stuff. And I'm like, wow, cool, thanks. Like, I'm not – that's cool that he said that or whatever. Like, you know, I've they went through a lot of managers at one time, and they had a lot of issues with the program. So, anyways, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and and it's, it's, it's nice that, you know, Bobby didn't hate me and want to light me on fire. But I will say – there was rough spots for this team over the years. There has been. Um, but like everything, things change. Programs get tight. Uh, you rode for Troy Lee. You rode for uh, Geico Honda. You're trying to instill some of this um, things that you like to do. Program's good is what I'm getting at, Wilbur. You've stepped into a well-oiled machine um, and all of that. And what kind of things are you trying to bring to it? from Geico and, and TLD and, and and Factory Cowie and all these other stuff? Like, what do you want to do to help these guys? I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is, I think it's, it's hard to say because if you're not having fun, right, uh, or if you're having fun, people take it as they're not taking their jobs serious. Yeah, sometimes, and, yep. And I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's really fair. I think you've got to, you know, keep. I get it. You know, we we all want to win. All these riders do. We do. You know, and I and I understand that. But at the same time, it's got to be a little bit light. I feel like right. when it's game time, we got to talk to them, or something's happening, or it's serious. Yeah, don't get me wrong. We're all we're all damn serious. Right. And you know, if anybody knows Bobby and everything like that, yeah. When you get talked to, it's time to get talked to. I mean, I get it. Plenty. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm getting talked to the same way. And I think everyone understands and knows that. And has fully accepted that. So um, I think the most important thing is to help these guys, I guess, in a sense, I think like this role, like I said, you wear so many different hats, but kind of help them with things that I wish I would have had help with mm-hmm. or that I could have done better and I didn't learn it till it was probably too late. Yeah, and yeah. so that's that's the biggest thing is kind of being there to lean on. And, um, you know, I've even had one of the guys ask me about, hey, you know, I was thinking about it you know, buying this house or, you know, this, or what do you think about this? And yeah, yeah. That's, that's more gratifying to me, I feel like, than, than almost the job at times. If they can lean on me on stuff like that as well, uh, is a pretty cool feeling. I, uh, I met this chick at Tilted Kilt. She's got, she really likes Supercross. I'm thinking about settling down with her. Um, 
you know, things like that. Well, what should I, I do? I think, I think at any point they will not be taking any kind of girl advice from me. <laughs> not one. Um, and that's a good decision. Right. Right. So Bobby, over the years, Bobby Reagan, the owner, he's he's got a reputation of being intense. Uh, I've heard some things he said to guys. Uh, you know, he owns the team. It's like a sports owner. I mean, you own the team. You have the right to do this. I'm not saying anything about that. But sometimes things I've heard have been gnarly from Bobby. Uh, a, is he still like that? B, do you have to sort of go to him and be like, dude, I know the emotion's high. Uh, you know you want the best for the guys, just like I do. Uh, just, you know. Maybe don't put it like that, or let me help you, or whatever. Is is some without getting fired, Wilbur? Is there is there some of that to your job? Um, no, not really necessarily. I mean, okay, you know, I, I look back even at when I rode for the team and some of the stuff that you know even anybody could have said to me that maybe I took the wrong way, and now okay. being here, or you know, even twenty two year old me would have taken it a lot differently and knowing what they were doing, you know, instead of it being like, oh, they just hate me. It's not that. It's trying to get the most out of you. And I think Bobby's really good at that. And, you know, he'll even ask me, oh, you know, was, was I too hard on him? And I'm, no, okay. not at all. I yeah, mean, okay. sometimes they need to hear this stuff. You uh, know, that's it's the reality. Yep. They're paid. Mm-hmm. Um, like you just said, they're an owner, and it'd be no different than if a football player, you know, dropped a pass or did something like that. He's going to get told he was a dumbass, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. or to do a better job, you know, and – um, from me seeing on this side now, I, I haven't seen anything that I disagree with. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes, you know, if I was the rider sitting there, it'd be hard to take. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, you don't want to hear that stuff, especially right after a race that you already know you did shitty in, mm-hmm. but it's, it, I will say it's necessary. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, let me ask you a couple of things. So I, your buddy Bogle, you brought his name up earlier. I Bogle's in a spot that you were in a few times. Uh, he's a champion in the 250 class. He's trying to adjust the 450s. He's had a couple of team deals go shitty on him, but he's also been hurt uh, a, a lot. And you know, I'm sure his confidence isn't high right now, and he's trying to get it back. And you've been a factory Cali rider that you know just couldn't get rolling. And dude, how much pressure is that? How much? What's that like for Justin? And uh, I don't know if you talked to him a little bit, but. Man, I would think, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you can really relate to your buddy's Bogle situation. Uh, no doubt. I mean, I think that, I mean, unfortunately, like, I got my, you know, essentially Cowie was one of my dream rides. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say that, and Factory Honda 450 was my, my two probably dream rides growing up as a kid, or, I mean, any of any factory. I mean, I would have rode KTM, Yamaha, yeah. that, that would be, to me, that's that's the pinnacle. You've done it. This is what you've always wanted. And, you know, when I got there, it felt like it was all coming together. And then I obviously I crashed Anaheim one. I'm out for the Supercross season. Mm-hmm. Do the outdoors, start to get the ball rolling. I think I went like 7-7 seven, seven at high point. I get hurt the next week. And it's like, you know, and it's no one's fault, you know. And, and you know, if anybody's, it's mine. But, like, I think it's it, – the thing about it is, is you finally get to that point And you're like, okay, I'm going to make the most out of it. And, you know, you feel like you're doing the right things and doing the right stuff at home. And, uh, it just didn't work out, and I'm so bummed for that because I'm still really close with all those guys over there. Like, yeah. I still really like the Cali guys, you know, Williamson and, you know, Theo and, uh, and the whole crew, you know, Kurt, all, uh, the big B. I mean, damn, I can go over there any weekend right now, and I can go grab a drink out of the cooler and say how's it going, and it's like, no, like, I, like I never left. I told, so, him, I told him to not let you anymore. I told him that. Why? I just said don't let Wilbur over here. He's the, en- he's the enemy. He's blue crew now. 
that's such a dick move. But um, anyway, yeah. No, yeah. so I, I, dude, you're Blue Crew, bro. What do you mean? I am Blue Crew. I am Blue Crew, but I'm, I, 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 you know, I'm not racing with them. I'm just Blue Crew. We're teammates, dude. I'm yeah. not racing with them either. We don't race 450 cars. Ah, uh, whatever. Close enough. Okay. Anyway, um, no, I think that it really bummed me out because I ended up not having any fun those two years, and not because of them, because of expectations and i really wanted to make the most out of it that bike had won the last four supercross championships and i think three outdoor titles yeah right for me i was like how could i be in a better spot to to finish out my career Mm -hmm. i mean i didn't plan on ending it after that i'm saying like this is going to set me up for the next four to six years yeah and then i'll be done you know or whatever and unfortunately it ended prematurely and um that the everything everyone knows the story from then on out but it's you know, it was a real bummer for me, and it, and it all dawned on me. And I was, I was walking off the track in Atlanta, and I mean, it's clear as day. I mean, they're not going to resign you. Why would they? And I, yeah. I, there was zero hard feelings. I knew it. You know, I'm not an idiot. I know that this business, yep. and I didn't do anything. Um, and so, that was, I think, that was really hard to take for me. I was walking on the track, and I think I was mostly bummed that I knew I wasn't going to have what I wanted the next year to to continue to race at the level I felt like I could. And that's when I just knew. I'm like, well, it's it's time. This is really it. for real. When you were on yeah. the track, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm walking off the track, and I'm like, this is it's. This, this was your probably, and, and was that, but this, that, that always happens. Was this your arm? What was this? Was your, your arm? What would you do? I popped my shoulder out. Um, I dislocated my shoulder, tore my labrum. Okay, broke so my coracoid yeah. broke my collarbone, yeah. like the whole right shoulder. Yeah, 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 yeah. And. And I knew it, you know, when you get up, you know, it. and, and obviously those emotions kind of always go through you when you first get hurt. Like, oh, I'm done. This shit's stupid. Yep. And, yep. you know, I got to move on. And normally you come back. And I remember, I think it, when I, when I didn't really make a call, because the main reason was I wanted to finish out my contract. Regardless, I was like, if I can come back outdoors or do anything, I want to finish out this deal. Like I told them I would, mm-hmm. whether it's a sixth or a 25th, yeah. I'm going to finish out this deal. And yep. Um, cause I mean, they'd been nothing but fair to me. I mean, man, there was plenty of times where they probably could have cut me or, or done something and, and they didn't, they still were very fair to me and, you know, I'm very grateful for that. So, um, I so, think that that was something I was like, I got to give them like, something, finish this deal out strong. And then yep. obviously the Australia thing came up and they thought I'd be better off pursuing that. Uh, they'll help me get ready, support me with some parts, which mm-hmm. was even awesome. Like they, I mean, sent me a factory suspension and, and, um, a decent amount of parts from my bike from here, which made the transition super easy. Um, so yeah, I mean that whole deal with them was, was just great. Um, and I know that, and like you say, going back to like Bogle, yeah. that it's, it's frustrating because you have, you know, so many expectations. Um, obviously he still believes he can do well or he wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he still believes that he has right to win. And I do believe he still has it. I mean, I never won on a 450. He has, you know, and yeah. I think that, that proves enough in itself, and it's so rare to have a new 450 winner anyway that yeah. he's in a, an elite group in that class that's mm-hmm. won races. And um, yeah, yeah, it's I mean, just I, it's, it's just hard to answer. Yeah, like I just, how do you get back on top of that mountain, man? If you're Bogle or if you were you, how do you guys do that? Is so incredibly tough in that class, and so incredibly. And now Justin's got a good bike; he's got a fill-in chance, so it, it is open to him. But goddamn, is that hard to get back up there, man? You know where you were. No, and that's that's what I was thinking too. Like when I was in Atlanta, I'm in the hotel room and I'm laying there and I'm going, like, how how do you catch up? You know, 
now you're another three months behind these guys. And without racing, you're three months behind them anyway, and then add the not racing on top of it. Yep. And yep. Um, that's what I always felt like. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to continue to try and dig myself out. That was the final straw. I was, I was honestly, I was flying back from uh, Kevin's house. I was flying out of Baton Rouge, and I was on the plane, and I had wrote, I wrote what I wanted to put on my statement. Um, so when I was, when I finally made this decision, like yeah. when I so post on social media, whatever that I'm, you know, retiring or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I wrote it on the plane, you know, obviously you're in tears because yeah. it's, you know, it's, you know, it's true, you know? Yep. And, and I, that's what I was sitting there thinking. I'm like, there's no way I can dig myself out of this to, yeah. to be where yeah. I felt like I should be. And that was, I believed I could be a top five to seven, 450 guy mm-hmm. career wise. And to dig myself out of that hole, it wasn't, in my mind, it didn't add up that it was possible. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, I I hate to say you were right, but I think you're. Yeah, where do you do right? It, God, I. Yeah. It's all you know your whole I, life, and here here it is. You're just like I'm screwed. I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, and and I and I knew you're not going to get what you wanted the next year um, if you get anything. Yep. You know. Yep. That's the other thing. If I would have even gotten anything, let alone something that you actually you know think that you can be that the guy that you want to be anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was, that was the tipping point for me where I was like, I, I'm not going to have that. Uh, Will Hahn on the fly racing racer X podcast presented by Alpine stars and Maxis, uh, fly Please check them out on the web. Uh, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Weston Pike, uh, Justin Bogle. A lot of guys wear fly racing, exciting things happening for those guys coming up real soon. Alpine stars. You wrote Alpine stars. Wilbur probably all the time, right? Did you like Alpine stars? What'd you wear? Yeah, dude, I love Alpine Stars. Uh, A Stars, uh, Tech Tech Ten, Tech Seven, uh, boot. Please check them out. I love the Tech Sevens; they're fantastic. And also, two Maxxis tires. Tech Ten guy. I, I like Sevens. I don't like the booties, but that's okay. That's fine. Um, okay, whatever. Maxxis MXST tire out now. AJ Cantanzaro running the tire in Supercross. Uh, check them out, please. Developed by the King Jeremy McGrath. Uh, also, too, want to thank the folks at Race Tech for making this happen. Call down there, mention Race Tech; they'll dial you in. Ben Lemay running Race Tech right now. Super uh, suspension and motors each week in Supercross, and thanks to the folks at Race Tech for making this happen. Uh, Pulp Nineteen will save you money down there. Uh, all right, Wilbur, a few more things before we wrap it up here. Uh, where were you? What were you doing when you found out you weren't going to have Aaron Plessinger back for twenty nineteen Supercross? Were you like, oh shit? Um, you know, we kind of felt it in a way. Um, but at the same time, it was like, I mean, I, I selfishly, you know, be, and I think part of it was because I didn't get to, to run it. I wanted to see him run one. Yeah. Um, because I think that's so cool. And obviously for us, it's great for sponsors, right? Yeah. People want to see that they, you know, they want to sit on the track. Um, but for me, it was like, well, I mean, if I, if I could have ran it, I would have like no doubt in my mind. And so that to me is a is a big thing, not only for your sponsors but for yourself too. I think that's it's a really cool feeling, and not very many people get to do it anymore. You know, I don't think you get to see run the one ran enough. Um, uh, and, and but at the same time, I, I can't remember where I was. At. I think I might have been in Italy, dude. Honestly, oh yeah. When I finally heard what yeah. was the, the plan, and I was like, okay, well. <laughs> but at the same time, what's that? I just I think it was funny. Like you were like, uh, you're like, huh? Okay. All right. Well, I'm like, I mean, I'm happy for him. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Did, did I want to keep him? Hell yeah, I did. He's a great kid. He's great to have around. He's funnier than hell. 
has a great attitude and he can ride the shit out of a dirt bike. So yeah, I wanted to keep him around, no doubt. But at the same time, I'm happy for that next step. He earned it. Um, you know, I think he's going to have a really great future in the 450 class. But yeah, I was bummed. Um, is he but, ready? Like I said, at the same is he, time, is he ready? Um, I mean, he won two titles. I, I guess it's hard yeah. for me to say no. Yeah, you know, I guess, I, do yeah. I think? Do I think one more year would have hurt? No. Okay, uh, I don't. But um, I mean, I don't think it can hurt. You go and win two more. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty nice too. And you make some cash, right? Um, yeah, I mean, you're making good money and all that, all the above. But at the same time, for our end, no, I wasn't completely stressing because we knew what we had here still. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had five the year before, and we were going in with you know minus one, which I mean, obviously he won everything last year, so that's hard to take, but. You know, Dylan's really strong. Colt's really strong. Mitchell is on the brink of breaking out. Justin was third outdoors. I felt like we were mm -hmm. still in a very good position. Um, I remember you were on the Pulp Show before the season or right when the season started, and I said to you, hey, man, like, I love Aaron Plessinger. He's such a goofball. He's so funny. But does he have, like, the work ethic slash, you know, sort of driven personality to win these two titles? And you said, absolutely, without a doubt. Because I don't know Aaron that well. And – you know, to be one of these elite guys, as you know, you know, you got to be this type A driven guy and, and, and take it super seriously. Yeah. And I was always wondering about that about Aaron, but yeah, you know, we, we got it. But well, man, he's I a, think he's know. one of the select few that can have a bit more fun on Saturday than say most and still get the job done. Yeah. And during the week, it's serious. You know, he's doing his motos. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing off the bike. Yep. And he's all he's game, you know. He's doing all that. He's he's on board with it, everything like that. But on Saturday, I think to get the most out of him, he has to have a little bit more relax. If he takes it extremely serious, it's it's he's one of those guys where I think it works against him. Right, right. Um, yeah, interesting, right? Like a little guy that yeah, you you start thinking too much, maybe Wilbur. You start thinking a little bit too much. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's easy to overanalyze, right, and start going. Oh shit! You know I'm gonna do this. I gotta get started. I gotta do this. I think for him it's more so like listen to some music in the semi. Mm -hmm. Let's laugh a little bit. Let's talk about what we what our plan is and let's go do it. And it was like that's that's what works, you know. Um, what and everyone's different. Yeah. What the hell happened at those nations? For everybody, for all the U.S. Um, what the hell happened? I think we just got our pants pulled down in in general <laughs> and spanked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Um, just simply got our ass kicked, and I think. I think a big part of that is there's there's lots of things and you know we can go on for hours about this but the biggest thing is is we come off a month break, you know those two of our three wrapped up a title, you know that's very stress oriented titles, where your whole season stressing after the last round you're probably like ah oh, I yeah. it's a long season I'm tired, I did what I've been wanting to do my whole life, right. feels kind of good I'm gonna relax for a week that feels good yeah, I got and then you have to put your game face back on and go where those guys what took a week off yeah you know? no, yeah it was one, the next week yeah yeah huh yeah and you gotta yeah look i'm gonna chill out yeah and then i gotta ramp everything back up right so yeah and it's not you know extremely motivating after taking a little bit of a break to be like okay i gotta get right back to where i was you know mm -hmm. and you had that focus for the last six months and you and then you're like oh, i gotta get that back you know and i and i've never been there i don't know you know this yep. is all kind of speculation from my side of it but that's I know that that would be hard to do. Yeah. Um, 
especially like I said after the mental tax of that of that season. You know, Supercross and Outdoors both came down. You know, Supercross came a little bit closer than we wanted it to, mm-hmm. but then Outdoors, you know, he had control of it. But still, you know, that stress is still there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I talked to somebody who rode your bikes, magazine test or I don't know what it was. I forget who it was. Even they told me it's like cheating. They told me it's like cheating. They're that good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, they yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> no, I, the the first time I threw a leg over it in seventeen, I think I hopped on Reardon's bike at the test track, and um, I just didn't even believe it. <laughs> For one, because you know, it's I'm like, is there is there more than this? You know, like <laughs> right? Because if, if there is, I'm like in complete shock because. Yeah. yeah, I'm riding it going like it feels kind of like a torque of a 450, but it revs like a 250. I'm like, what the hell is this thing? Yeah. And, I mean, I spent a fair amount of time on stock bikes, too. You know, we've done some testing in the off season. I only got this new bike and started at the stock platform and then, you know, did some stuff like that. And in stock form, it's good, man. Where yeah. I'm like, you yeah. know, normally you hop back on a stock bike after being on a factory bike and you're like, yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's okay. You know, yeah, not yeah, that fast right, or whatever, right. but it's And, you know, you hop on these things on the Yamaha stock and you're like, holy shit, man. Like, <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, the entire platform is um, <laughs> it's just pretty good right now. Man. Yeah, I know. They got it going on. I didn't, you know, they took a lot of flack for reversing the motor and it's 450 stuff got a lot of flack. James crashing all the time on it, but damn it, if it isn't really good for, for getting direct air and, and a, and a, and a, EFI that shoots the fuel straight down in the motor and the sucking a ton of air in and damn it, it works, man. And especially on a smaller bike. Yeah, no, there's no doubt that. Um, I mean, obviously, it all stems from um, getting a good package from Yamaha directly, mm-hmm. like in stock form and all that. And I understand that, but man, these guys here at the shop really work their ass off. And, yeah, you know, being on this side of it now, you really realize. Uh, the hours that get put into it and, you know, the late nights here and, you know, there's been plenty of, you know, Friday nights we're here at, you know, 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock midnight. And you just, it just, you realize in the big picture that this is what it takes to be at this level and, and trying to go for a title. Right. Um, how'd you like those 125 races that you did? Uh, and part of me would think that you would love them because they're a lot of fun. But then part of me would be like, you don't get to ride as much as you want to, and your arms are pumped up, and it's, you're, you're wondering what the hell you're doing, you know, pinning this 125. But what do you think of it? Dude, honestly, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. It was a blast. Like, other than having to hear RV talk shit for right. me, me right. which, I mean, he should. He beat me his whole career. He's a multi-time champion. I mean, yeah. I mean we're really coming down to it. I, I mean, I hope he beat me. <laughs> right. um, he, he should beat me. But at the, yeah. Yeah, you uh, you should be me, you know. Um, but uh, for the most part, I mean, it was fun, dude. The only the only time where I was like, okay, what am I doing? Was Washougal. Okay. And we come down the hill, and Brownie was, I think, making an RV, and I'm like, okay, I need to be up there with these guys, so if something happens, I can capitalize, or you know, at least be in the battle. I yeah. Can make it exciting. And I came down the downhill, and I hit it. Like I was going for the win in the 450 class. And because <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get back up on these guys. I can do this. And I almost crashed. Uh, and it would have been hard, right? I probably would have. Yes. Like, me, I probably would have gotten hurt. And um, 
I, I like I got a head shake coming in the corner. And I'm like, what am I doing, dude? I have to go to work here, like just in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right away. Right. Yeah, I'm like, I have to basically go back, get changed, and go to the gate for the Timothy guys. You know, and I'm like, what am, what am I doing? This means nothing. Like, at the end of the day, if I get first or third, for one, you know, people will be happy or whatever, but it's not gonna not gonna define my job. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, what, yeah. Am I, what am I doing right now? Oh man, are you yeah. you gonna do? But no, they they work great. You gonna do? Do you gonna do them again? I don't see why not. Yeah, I think we'll do a couple. And this time, I would like to be a little bit more prepared than I was this year. Right. Um, a couple of those we got better. Like Colorado, I was really prepared, but the rest of them, you know, it's hard to really take time aside because um, one ends up taking away from the other. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, as far as you know, work or whatever. Um, what about Loretta's and all that? Too much work? Too much? Too much seriousness? Dude, if if it worked out where the qualifiers are on the right dates and I won't miss a race, I would love to. Um, but that's for that to happen, the stars basically got out of line. Yeah. So I don't think that would happen. Right. And also, it would take a lot of prep, man. Uh, where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself continuing to be a manager? We talked about the hours and the workload. Do you next five years? Are you good? Is that what you want to do? Is there something else you want to get to? Um. No, I, I, I see myself here. Yeah, um, just racing, right? I really like yeah. this group. Yeah, I think – and this is what I went to school for, man. Like, I didn't go to college. I didn't do anything like that. So this, to me, is like – this is what I know. I do love it. I'm learning more of it. I'll find a balance eventually to where I can, you know, have a little bit more maybe personal time because you figure out – Yep. I think you'll be able to deem stuff necessary to – either to the to the person you can delegate it or mm-hmm. you're you're also gonna figure out, you know, what's super important, what's not gonna stress you out and stuff that can get figured out, you know, in the meantime. But yeah, I mean I, I see myself being here. I I do enjoy it. And like I said, that helps just having a good group of guys like the mechanics and all the staff right now, like it we all get along so damn well that it's it's still even when we're having late nights and mm-hmm. you know, none of us wanna be here at ten o'clock at night, we're still having fun somehow. Yeah. Yeah, really, right? Um, uh, I guess, so a lot of people talk about, you know, factory riders and the money in the sport and everything else. You won a championship. You were a factory guy in the 450s. How are you doing for money? I don't need to see your bank balance, but, like, were you smart with it? Did you, I mean, you're working right, you're working now. Um, you know, I assume you well, didn't have to jump into a job right away if you didn't want to. Um, no, but I am, I'm multitasking right now. I, I can I Gotta tell. get a package out. Yeah. Gotta get a package out. Um, so no, I, for the most part, I was very lucky that I had good people around me that helped me, you know, there was only a couple of years there where I made enough money to, you would even have to ask anybody. I mean, obviously there was plenty of years where it was just paycheck to paycheck and yeah. hopefully you can pay for, you know, food. And, um, but yeah, their tours, I guess the last four or five years, I was comfortable and, uh, I got lucky. I have a rental house. Um, my first house that I actually bought is rented out. Uh, and that, I guess, essentially pays for where I live now. Uh, yep. So that's that's good. It's all easy, and so far it's been one of my best investments. Yeah. Uh, I think the only thing I really bought that I probably lost my ass on was a car. <laughs> uh, obviously, won't do that ever again. Uh, and everyone tells you to do that, but I told myself my whole life I was going to do it. What'd you and buy? I finally achieved what I wanted to. Like I'm going to buy the car I want. Period. What'd you buy? And What'd you buy? I bought an AMG Mercedes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, I mean, it was great. Don't get me wrong. I, I loved it. Um, but I quickly realized once I, you know, read the blue book it and you realize you just lost 30 grand, you're like, okay, well, 
this isn't, this isn't really adding up. So um, got rid of that pretty quickly. But yeah, no, I think, uh, like you said, I'm I'm comfortable. But yeah, yeah I'm gonna have to work the rest of my life, no doubt. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, I was luckily smart enough to toss some back in a retirement fund that hopefully is there when I turn 55 or whatever it is. And, yeah. Um, so you just some time with my grandkids. You just. Uh... You see these guys, and there's so many guys that just uh, just they don't have anything anymore, you know. And you're just like, man, like you just sacrifice a little now. Like Travis Preston is a guy that like, he's he's working at Yamaha, and you know, what what are you doing? What what is that noise? Yeah, no, hold on, I, I got did UPS is here. This is gonna make it for the podcast. Yeah, it's fascinating. Opening a box. No, I'm not opening it. Oh, you're oh you're zip. Oh, you're taping it up. Okay. Hold on. Would you, would you want to talk about Travis Preston or no? I'd love to. Okay, he's a great guy. Yeah, he he's got money from his racing. He uh, he did uh, pretty well for himself, but he put that all away for when he retires, and he's got to work now, you know. And and that's that's a little bit of long term thinking, and that's that's something that a lot of riders could benefit from. Yes, absolutely, and I think that that's the biggest thing. Is like, I mean, the majority of us are gonna have to to work eventually and that's uh, the sad truth right yeah i mean i think that you know it's rare to how i don't even know how many guys if you would put it in an equation uh, every five years can do this but there's rare i think you know there's probably three guys every five years that can do it and not have to worry about anything right um um well that's good uh, yeah so you're you're a working but no, man, but i mean yeah. like travis travis is just a smart dude in general right like, He's extremely intelligent, always has been, um, and, you know, he still works his butt off. And I think that, you know, he's probably one of the big reasons why our, why our 250F is so good as well. Yeah. Uh, who's your favorite teammate? Over the years? Yeah. Hmm. It would – I mean, that's tough. Early, early days, I got along really good with, um, you know – the star, the original star crew was actually really fun, dude. Jake Moss and Brock Tickle and Lemoyne. Yeah. Like obviously Tickle and Lemoyne and I grew up racing each other. Then yep. Jake, we didn't really know, and he was pretty crazy and fun to be around. Um, and then Cole Seeley was awesome to be around. We roomed together every weekend and stuff like that. So when we still had to, you know, you room with your teammate. Yeah. And um, that was a really fun year. Um, Did the, you probably ever... the most. Imp- influential like guys i ever had around me was probably brayton really um, huh and mdk yeah i think yep. that that was probably one of the most guys that really like influenced me more than anybody like i saw how hard he was working how serious he took it and what he was getting out of it you know and i think that 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 was a big thing for me because i kind of leaned on him on a lot of things and you know still good friends with him to this day and i think that uh, that was honestly he was one of the blessings that i had around me that, that was like good for me to see and observe from. Um, but honestly, one of my best friends and still is Bogle. Like we were really close, um, you know, and, and we were still around each other a lot and still are to this day and still talk a lot. So you know that was probably one of the closest guys I got to. I always, I've told the story a few times, but you know, what's crazy about Brayton and McAdoo, you know, just loves the guy and, and follows him. And I've, I've talked to other people who are like, yeah, man, Vince freeze, you know, just looks at Brayton and, and tries to get better and learns from what he does. And, and it's funny because Brayton wasn't some sort of phenom. Like you were faster than Brayton uh, for a long time growing up, right? Like Brayton was an Iowa guy that tried to race arena cross on stock suspension, and he made himself into this 
terrific rider and and a great guy. And he really you wouldn't think he'd be a guy that a guy like you will who, you know, you got a fair amount of press as a young kid coming up would look to, but but he he credit full credit to him for for building himself into this person that so many people look at, you know. No, and that that was the thing is like and we obviously him and my brother raced each other a lot kind of growing up. So he was from Iowa, we were from Kansas. So like other qualifiers and stuff like that, we'd always normally see each other. Mm-hmm. And they were they were buddies. They always hang out at the races and stuff like that. Then you know obviously when I turned pro, JB and I became you know pretty close. And um, yeah, it was just cool. Like I mean, granted, I mean I think I got a reality check pretty quick from being like kind of hyped up as an amateur. Not not like bigly or you no. know, big time or anything like that, but it was a, a fair amount, like you yeah, said. Yeah, no, I, I definitely I mean, remember I, reading about you when you were amateur, dude. I remember finishing outside the points quite a bit <laughs> my first couple years outdoors, <laughs> yeah. so I think you get a reality check pretty quick there that you're really not that cool anymore. <laughs> um, but I know he was there for that, you know, and I remember, I remember it like kind of like it was yesterday, man, like we were out the KTM track and I'm kind of struggling and you know, Supercross, I really enjoyed, yeah. uh, and you I got, seemed to excel at that more than outdoors, even though I rode outdoors my whole life, so it doesn't no, make uh, a lot of sense, but... You got no link, no huh? link, you got no link yeah. on KTM. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was kind of a tough one for me um, at the time, and I think Martin, I think it was Martin and Brayton, we all did like a, say, a 15-lapper together, okay. and they lapped me, and really? I remember being like, dude, I don't think I can go to, this was like the week and a half for my first East Coast round, and I'm thinking... <laughs> Dude, I am gonna get fucking smoked. Oh boy! Like I was crushed. Yeah, yeah. I'm like kind of falling apart, and then I remember going the first round and I passed Martin in the main, and I'm like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah, like what's going on right now? Yeah, I yeah. ended up getting six, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm not that bad. Like yeah. I can calm down a little I, bit. I got this, right? Yeah. But yeah, I'll be okay, you know. And I remember, that, I remember, I remember that like it was yesterday. Like just sitting at the track, being like, "Dude, what am I gonna do? I can't even like they they laughed me in 15 laps. Yeah, yeah. Jeez." You know, and and looking back on that, but no, it was, it was cool. You know, I think um, got some good stories with Brayton too. Made some bets I probably shouldn't have over the years. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember betting him. This is a true story, and I'm not not particularly proud of this one. But uh-huh. so he was going to Bercy. I think it must have been the maybe. Did he ride for PGR? And, yeah, um, at Bercy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I think so. Something like that. Anyway, so it was Stu was going to be there, and all this stuff. And he was like, "Let me make a bet." And I was like, "I, you know, I bet you if, you know, something about you don't if you don't beat Stu or whatever, or if you beat Stu, I'll smoke a cigarette." You know, and honestly, I've never smoked in my life. Like, you know, I was fairly confident he couldn't beat. Yes, I would be. I would be confident in that bet also. Yes, I would also be. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, you're not going to beat Stu at the top of his game. I think he just went 24 and 0. I'm like, come on. Yeah. And so he takes a bet, and I'm like, okay, game on, you know. And I remember it. He, I ended up going over to his house. I had just signed with Troy Lee at the time, and I go over to his house, and he's had this cigarette waiting on me for a year. Obviously, we don't get to see each other a whole lot. Like I was in Texas, and right. I get there, and he's like, "Time to, you know, make honest on your bet." And I was like, "Dude," I'm like, "I really thought you'd forgotten about that." <laughs> and sure enough, I had to, I had to light her up, Steve. Smoke a cig. It was a. Uh, it was very painful, and uh, he was very happy about it. Uh, someone told me back in the MDK days, like everyone was living in Temecula, right? They're partying Temecula, as I like to say. And someone was telling me that Brayton would never leave his house. It's, he'd train, ride, stay in his house. 
them all the time. That's it. Wouldn't do anything. Everyone, yeah. Everyone's like, Probably. hey, dude, you know, come on out. We're going here. We're doing this. And Brayton's like, nope. Got to sleep. Got to need my sleep. Got to train. Got to ride. That's it. The the most fun we had one night was, so I think it was me, Brayton, and I think Sipes is with us. And uh, we had this deal, like, they lived over by where my brother was staying. And I was like, you know, let's go kill the power to their house. I mean, they're all home. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So we go sure. over there. Yeah, and so we, we knock the power off, right? You can tell the whole house goes dark. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> well, I think they ended up calling the cops. So we're, like, hiding under a car. Because we're like, well, shit, we don't want to go to jail. Like, I mean, they're not going to say anything if they saw us. But, like, we still hid because we like, felt like we were in trouble, you know? <laughs> and so we leave that place, and I text my brother, hope you guys weren't doing anything too important. They're like, dude, we didn't even know. We were watching a movie. The power just went out, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So we ended up putting, like, me and Sipes ended up putting, like, 500 plastic forks in Hamlin's front yard one night. Same night. It's all the same night. Like, this is what we got into. We didn't go party. We yeah, got to the people. This is what you dorks were doing. Yeah, this is what nerds were doing, I guess. This was our going out and party, and we were, like, just messing with people. And <laughs> I think we had one more house on the on the list that was all within, you know, a couple miles of each other yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And, right. All right, let's go to Weimer's house, see what he's doing. <laughs> so we pull up there, and uh, Jake and I are pretty close, and um, the, the garage is open, right? And I'm like, there's no one here, dude. Yeah. So I'm, like, messing with his garage, like, changing stuff around. And a car starting to pull up. So we like dip out, run into my truck, we bail out, right? I get a call, it's Weimer. He's like, Hey, where are you at right now? And I'm like, Oh, this is back in Texas, man, hanging out. It's kinda late here, what's up? <laughs> and he's like, Um, someone's in your truck and I just pulled out of my garage. I went running out of my garage and they're driving away from me right now. I'm like, Well, dude, my truck's parked in orange. Like, how could it be in Temecula? <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah. get up beside him. Like someone stole yeah, my truck. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like freaking out, and then I stop, and I roll the window down, and I'm like, "Dude, I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself." <laughs> That's a good one. I like it. But so pretty, was, pretty good times, man. Yeah, yeah, that was the Temecula Temecula life right there. Um, yeah, no doubt about it. How's your brother doing? He's working a little bit for Yamaha. Uh, he was doing some a fair bit of stuff with like Travis Preston, mm-hmm. I think Steve Butler, and those guys. Yep. Um, now he's back in Texas. He's been working out at Oak Hill at a train. Like they've the new owner has made it like a I guess basically a training facility. Yeah, like a MTA or so MTF or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, he has a mobile detailing business as well that he's kind of started on his own, and um, seems like it's doing really well. What's something that the media guys like me, the experts, quote unquote, in the sport, what do we get wrong about the sport? What do we What do we not understand? I think the the biggest thing that's overlooked, and this I don't think this is ever going to really change, is you're you're solely looked at as a result and a piece of paper, right? Mm-hmm. And it's rarely looked at like what's actually going on, and and that's that stems from us as well. Yeah, it does. Like everyone yeah. hides everything, right? So you're forced to go off that paper, and if you get an eighth and you don't tell them that you've gotten hurt two weeks ago or you had a big crash and you're just kind of struggling through it then, of course, they're going to criticize. Yeah. So I think it's yep. – I don't think anybody's doing something directly negatively or, or wrong. I mm-hmm. think it's sometimes we're just not open enough. Yeah, and, and you're, you're 100% right. But, yeah, and you're also 100% right that, you know, we can't know that. Fans don't know that. We don't know what's going on during the week. But and that's why, like, sometimes, like, I think you did this to – sometimes riders – friends of mine that are riders will, will tell me, like, hey, man, 
like I got a bad shoulder right now or like hey man my bike locked up on me and I ate shit you know and when I'm talking or writing about riders I'll keep that in mind like it's a good strategy in a way to sort of inform mm-hmm. people what's going on you know um you but not fully blow them out. And I no, get that. No, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Some, people, some people feel like they, they're too vulnerable if you tell them. Like, I didn't ever hide anything. Yeah. You know, I felt like people, especially, you know, once I got older, I was like, well, if someone tries to T-bone me because I have a hurt ankle, like, go for it. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, like, you're an idiot anyway. So, yeah, yeah. It's the, but, dumbest, it's the dumbest theory ever that, that, that some people have that theory that, you know, you don't want to look weak. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to say I never did. I did. You know, I felt like, oh, it's, it's showing a weakness, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the time for me, like, I felt like if I could prevail and still do well and I'm kind of, you know, nursing something, that should make them feel even worse, you know, yeah. like yeah. that I almost did it or, you know, I got on the podium still and I'm kind of, you know, banged up. Right. And like you know, I, I felt good about not really hiding it. But that's that's the thing. And I think that there's so many things that are kind of pushing on our table and sometimes rightfully so. Like, and then also dude, the the problem is, is I think to fix that, like the problem is most of the guys that probably hide it are under a one year contract. You know, they don't want everyone to know they got hurt again. Yeah. You know, especially for me at one time, I was almost scared to tell people I got hurt again. Cause I was like, man, like I'm never going to get another job if they just hear I got hurt again. That's all they know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I got hurt again. Well, there's so much, there's so much like, for example, did you ever get your money from Bobby for your second year? For your second year, your star um, deal. <laughs> well, now he's made up for it. Yeah, but what, there's so many okay. things that go on in the sport that people don't understand that are so unprofessional. Like, I mean, sponsors will just clip you. Like, ah, yeah, take us to court or whatever. Uh, teams will just be like, yeah, nah. Like, there's a lot of that. I mean, sometimes the riders are unprofessional, also, you know. But there's a lot of that goes on. That 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 then some fans are like, huh? And you're like, yeah, you don't even understand. Like, these guys just said, nah, we're good. We're not sponsoring you anymore. You know? Well, now now I know the story, and Bobby's told me, and it's funny because I think it was at Redbud. And, you know, at the time, you're obviously angry when it happens and everything like that, but he told me the honest story, and I'm not going to fully go into it, but he almost had tears in his eyes, and he gave me a hug. And yeah, that, to me, uh, was enough for me. Yeah, You know, yep. um, he told me what happened. He told me the situation, and it was – mostly out of his control and i have no reason not to believe that um and the sincerity in his eyes i was like wow you know that was hard for him to tell me he did it and he genuinely felt he still feels to this day terrible about it he'll bring it up really huh okay yeah Yeah, i didn't bring it up you know and he he brought it up himself and was like that's one of the i feel bad for that more than yeah most things and he has a couple regrets we all do right yeah yeah 100 percent he told me that, and when he told me that, and I could see him like get kind of emotional, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I got choked up. Where I'm like, "Damn, man!" Like <laughs> You're I like, get it now. And then the, there's other sides to it where MDK, you know, or something like that, where you just the guy just disappears, right? Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. Okay. yeah. And, but but it goes and, to but riders hiding things and doing all that is because of things like that that happen, right? Like there's somewhat somewhat justifiable for you riders to be weird because you just never know. So. Well, yeah, and that's where I got to the point where I was like, I don't know if I want to tell everybody that I, you know, I injured my shoulder again or I just, you know, if I had a separated yeah. shoulder or something right. like that. I was like, I don't know if I want to tell them again because it, it brings down my value. I mean, I remember a guy calling me to offer me a ride the next year, and I, I was I was obviously hurt at the time, uh-huh. but I had done really good. I got hurt, and my I would say my value was in a decent spot other than being hurt. It was mm-hmm. actually really good. Yeah. 
Um, and he called me. He's like, well, is it even going to heal? And I'm like, well, I mean, the doctor said it is, but I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I can't ride yet. No. Yeah. But like, I mean, I can't really, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. You know? <laughs> You're like, no, they may have to kill me. Like, they may have to shoot me like a horse. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, um, I don't really know how to answer this, but you, you called me type of thing. I was like, um, <laughs> yeah, put me on the spot here. I don't, I don't know. I guess I can't really answer that. To be truthful. <laughs> Yeah, you're just like, I don't know, bro, but you, I'm pretty sure that I'll be all right. It's not not, not life threatening. So, yeah, uh, I'm like I'm like wiggling my fingers because I had like a cast on. I'm like, yeah, I think so. Right, right. See, it seems okay. <laughs> and then I'm like stressing out, and I'm like, is it gonna be okay? Shit, I don't know. Shit. Do you know something I don't know? Oh shit. <laughs> I was like, did you talk to my doctor? Right, like, right. Hmm. Um, how you doing in Pulp Mix Fantasy? Uh, dude, I am I am absolutely terrible. I feel like every weekend. <laughs> And like now it's the talk around our rig because I got a couple of the other guys in it and I got, I'm in two leagues or whatever and now I'm like, dude, I am going to crush it, and then I just <laughs> implode. I implode so bad. Like, I walked back out for our second main event and I see a, you know, uh, Baggett with the tough block in his rear wheel and I am I am about to throw my phone. <laughs> I am just like son of a bitch. <laughs> That's what fantasy does to you. <laughs> I know it makes you angry, dude. I'm sitting there and I'm like, I love Blake, and I'm like, damn it, Blake, damn it. Oh, uh, um, well, you know what you want to do? Uh, you know, you you needed to do. Um, Dan Truman did this. So Dan Truman is a fantasy. He lives and dies for it, right? So when yeah. he when he was at Butler Brothers as a mechanic, he would saddle up the privateers every now and then and tell them that Forrest Butler is looking at them for a ride for next year, and it's a big weekend for him. You know, you got to really, you're in the running for a ride. And then Dan would pick him in fantasy, uh, so you know they would do really well. So well, that's what you got to do, Wilbur. Roll on up to a privateer guy and be like, "Hey, dude, keep it up, keep it up." Yeah, we're we're really looking into it right now. <laughs> yeah, but that is such a dick move, dude. Dude, tell me that about it. And Dan would just Dan would just be like, "Sometimes it worked really good, but some guys just ate shit because they couldn't deal with the pressure of Forrest Butler looking at them." And then, I was going to say, like, put myself in their shoes and be like, oh, yeah, hey, we're looking at you, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to send it. And, and Dan said a couple times the guys would come back to the truck, hey, is Forrest around? Like, you know, like, you know, Dan would be like, uh. No way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's that's your strategy, Wilbur, for Pulp Mix Fantasy. Just pick those guys. Go up to them and just say, hey, we're, we're, we got an eye on you. How you feeling? We got an <laughs> I, don't eye. Know if I, can, I don't know if I can do that, dude. Uh, it might not be that professional, actually. Um, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if I can go through with that. All right. Anything else? Fly racing, racer X podcast with Will Hahn. Did I touch on it? Did, did we? Did we miss anything? Did I get? Did I get it all? I don't know, man. Like, I think so. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's four. Oh, it's always fun. Like, I always enjoy these. I mean, I listen to a lot of these. So, like. Yeah, you've been digging. You've been digging the old ones, huh? Getting into them. Oh yeah, dude. I go through them all, like, a lot of them just, like, running and stuff like that, but end up checking them out, and it's just, it's really cool to me. Like, obviously, Damon's was really good. Um, Fro? RJ's you... is really good. Hey, how like, about RJ? So many. How about RJ when he says his wrist is broken and he's in an Arby's parking lot or something with his wife just crying? Yeah, dude, I was like, well, I mean, obviously things were a lot different back, you know, then in yeah. the box stands and how they went to the races, but I was just like, dude. And it's just mangled. Like, you know it's mangled. You know yeah. it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, you just you can't hang on anymore. You were the best rider in the world, you know? 
Yeah. No one could touch you. And then now you're just, you know, your wrist is mangled. Yeah. Bradshaw one was good. Yeah. Dogger. Have you listened to the Dogger one yet? It was epic. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't listened to that one yet, but that's definitely on my list. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. All right. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like you, you hear so many stories about him to where I'm just kind of interested to see what it would be like, you know? Um, I'm thinking about doing a pod. Uh, I'm thinking about doing a pod where I just call people for Ron Lachine stories. It'd be it'd be it'd be worth it. Like Ron's not even in it. I mean, I think you'd get a lot, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it would be I think it would be a good one still. So uh, I mean, just from a little bit I've heard, you know, I don't know much about him um, yeah. other than stuff I've heard. I mean, I know he was a great writer, but like I don't know a ton of him either. But I mean, from ones I've heard, I've been like, wow. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, digging into those old ones, man. There's some great stories and, and legends of the sport. I mean, and and then the interviewer guy isn't that bad either. No, he's okay. Um, not too bad. And I mean, I listen to all like the post race reviews and stuff like that too. Oh, do you? Yeah. I'm, I, yeah, and I'm interested to kind of see like, you know, there's something I missed that we should be looking into. I mean, because you guys see a lot. Yeah. And like Bobby said, you guys are normally like pretty spot on. So well, for me, it's always something yeah. like. You know, I want to make sure I don't just completely miss something on the night, or right. you know. And plus, I want to, I want you to hear how awesome I am. So that's that's always a good plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Will Hahn taking his riders to the top. Dude, I was I was dying when I was listening to the one with um, Daniel Blair or whatever, and you're talking like Cartman. Oh yeah, <laughs> as Jacob. Yeah, dude, I was I was running <laughs> and literally laughing out loud. How's my gloves? My gloves. but yeah my my accent went from normal to sort of a twang to cartman somehow i don't really know how it went all all in like three different sentences it like had changed so dramatically i'm like (laughs) but honestly hey all those scenarios i laid out for a rider to an agent were all legit scenarios 100 percent. like those those happen yeah 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 Yeah. no i was like yeah i think i've actually asked right gloves chicks uh team you know socks all that stuff like all of that stuff's been laid out a hundred times with riders and agents so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and now and now daniel gets says hayes gets gloves all the time at like signings and stuff people are asking him how his gloves are oh so, yeah yeah i can imagine right right so uh, okay. that's awesome well cool man uh thanks for the time i always appreciate talking to you uh one of my favorite people in the pits for sure uh, I do like how you keep it light because I am also keep I keep it light also, and uh, I like that about you. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. So. <laughs> There's a lot of serious people in our sport, Wilbur. Uh, I know, and that's the thing is I think that I think we can all kind of. I mean, I get it. There's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of money on the line. Yep. And at the same time. You know, to get the most out of people, I think it's it's more so that than than anything. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I but you know, yeah, I don't think we need to add to it by putting more pressure and making things more serious than what they are. No, you know, yeah, no. Um, well, hey man, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Good job this year so far with Colt and Dylan. Uh, I look forward to the East Coast, and uh, I will see you at the races, man. Thanks, Will. Sounds good. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. 
Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosile Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years